today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Prepare yourself spiritually for what's about to happen. Because tomorrow there's going to be the beginning of a spiritual battle. Oh yeah, there's going to be physical elements to it, there's no doubt. But the main run, the main course of this is going to be a spiritual battle. Why? Because you're going to a place, like they said before, a place you have not passed this way before. You're going to be entering into a place into a situation in your life that you've never been before. You better have your heart ready. The people of Israel were about to cross the Jordan and enter the Promised Land. When their leader Joshua told them, Sanctify yourself, because tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. In today's message, Pastor David will teach that when we are about to enter a battle and conquer what the Lord has promised us, He asks us to be spiritually prepared. Why? Because the enemy will do whatever he can to stop us from getting there. We will learn that spiritual battles increase when we are about to receive blessings that God has promised. Now, here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Crossing Over. of Israel, they're about to move in. They're about to move into that land of promise. They're about to move into that place where God was going to use them so powerfully to overwhelm the enemy and be able to secure that land. And yet there's still a job that needed to be done in them. Let me ask you this evening as we get ready to get into Joshua chapter 3. In your own personal life, in your own personal life, and in your family situation, for those of you that have a family beyond just yourself, are you ready for God to use you if this evening when you go to bed, he gives you a vision or a dream and says, I want you to do this in your life? Are you really in a position spiritually, mentally, let's even say financially, that if God called you to do something, that you would be able to say, here my Lord said to me. Or is it, well, you know, I've I've got to check with this for, I've got to take, well, what about this? Or I've got to clean up my own house before I can really be used. Joshua chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says, then Joshua rose early in the morning. And they set out from Shittim, or the Acacia Grove, and came to the Jordan. And he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed over. And so it was that after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the Lord your God, or the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, 
Then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. It was now time for final preparation. It was time to, man, when you see it moving, you've got to be ready. Don't be holding on to anything. You've got to be ready to move. Don't say, you know, I'll, I'll be ready tomorrow because this isn't quite ready right now. No, you've got to be ready when the ark starts moving, when God calls you in your life. We need to be in a situation in our life that we'll say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because really and truly for the child of God, that's the only answer. Because a wait Lord is a no Lord. A later Lord is a no Lord. Are we ready to simply say, yes, Lord, here am I. When you see the ark start to move, man, you got to be ready to go. You shall set out from your place and go after it. He says, in reference to the ark here, he says, but don't get too close to it. He says about 2,000 cubits by measure. You think, well, why 2,000 cubits? Well, that's about 3,000 feet. That's quite a ways away. That's over half a mile away from where the ark is going to be carried. Why in the world did they have to be that? Well, I understand you don't want to touch the ark. A little bit later we read of one who touched the ark even when it was falling and he lost his life. We understand that, again, the holiness of the ark. But why so far away? I think one of the reasons why is so that, again, they would allow the vision of for everyone to be able to see it. If they all crowded around it, they wouldn't all be able to see it. But I do also believe that there is also that maintaining of the sacredness, the holiness of that ark. And he wanted to make sure, I believe that God wanted to make sure, that the people didn't take that as just a common thing. That, you know, hey, it's no big deal. No, there's clear directions. You need to stay back away from it. We need to, again, watch and see what direction it's moving because we're not moving just a few dozen people here. We're moving hundreds of thousands, a million-plus people here that are going to be moving, and they need to be able to see where it's going. So they've moved from the Acacia Grove or Shytham to the border or to the, the shores there of Jordan. That's a, that was about seven miles. Now they're saying, now you've got to get ready when it happens. Verse 2, it says, And so it was that after three days the officers went through the camp. Get ready. Get ready. Be careful how close you get. 2,000 cubits by measure. And again, we look at that. Remember, how were, how were they led before? They were led through the wilderness by the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Do you realize that's gone now? That's gone. And so now they've got to keep their eyes focused on something that's not quite as magnificent. You know, hey, a uh, pillar of fire at night, you can see that. But the ark wasn't very big. It wasn't very big at all. The priests carrying it, they wanted to make sure that everyone could see it. The pillar, the cloud, they're gone. Their direction would now be made known by the moving of the ark and the commands of Joshua. There were now a people that were on a move in a purposeful direction, no longer just wandering around the desert wilderness. Now there was a place specifically that they were going. They were no longer simply biding their 
time as they wandered, a people with no mission. Now God has said, no, now it's time to go in and take the promised land. And then in verse 5, verse 5, Joshua says to them, Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves. Anybody, what does it mean to sanctify? To set apart and to set unto also. To set apart from and set unto. It's the same idea, the same understanding. It's the same word that we really get the word holy from. Sanctified, holy. Sanctify yourself. What is he saying here? He says, man, prepare yourself spiritually for what's about to happen. Because tomorrow there's going to be the beginning of a spiritual battle. Oh yeah, there's going to be physical elements to it. There's no doubt. But the main run, the main course of this is going to be a spiritual battle. Why? Because you're going to a place, like they said before, a place you have not passed this way before. You're going to be entering into a place, into a situation in your life that you've never been before. You better have your heart ready. You better have your spirit ready to be able to receive from the Lord, to listen to the Lord, to reject all of these things. Why? Because they're going into a land that was so wretched, so wicked and perverse that they're going to be drawn every way they can to be pulled into that. And we're going to find out as we go through this study that there's sometimes they fall into that. So sanctify yourself because tomorrow... We're going to be on the move. We're going to be going. Tomorrow, the Lord is going to do wonders among you. Once again, you got to think about the excitement of the camp. The people of Israel, you know, the 12 tribes, the descendants of Jacob, again, in slavery for hundreds of years, wandering in the desert for 40 years. Now, tomorrow, they're going to be entering in. But before they enter in, there's got to be that accounting that's done, that examination, that purification of the individual. Again, God was going to move among them. They needed to be ready for his presence and for his power to work. If you and I... We're going to go into a battle tomorrow. It would only be logical for us to check our gear, check our supplies, check our weapons, make sure that uh, we've got enough ammunition, make sure that everything was operationally set and ready to go if we were going into a physical battle. But Joshua here tells the people, not check your supplies. He doesn't say check your swords, check your shields. He knows that what they're about to experience is a spiritual battle like they've never experienced before. Even the battles that they had for the 40 years wandering in the desert isn't going to be like it's going to be when they cross that Jordan. Now understand, the Jordan is the land of promise. The Jordan is the land flowing with milk and honey. The Jordan is the land of multitude of blessings of God. But beloved, in order to gain those blessings of God, you've got to realize that the spiritual battle in your life ramps up. It will ramp up. About the minute you decide, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus closer than I ever have before. I'm going to recommit my life to him. Man, I want my life to, to count for him in every way. Guess what? The enemy stands back and says, oh, yeah, watch this. And he's going to throw stuff 
at you in every way that he can. Why? Because he doesn't want you and I to experience the fullness of the blessings, the fullness of the power and the presence of Christ in our lives, the way that God wants to shower us with. And the enemy will do everything he can. Sanctify yourself, because tomorrow the Lord is going to do wonders among us. Then in verse 6, Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Okay, the camp's ready to move. The Levites, they were the priests that were going to be carrying the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant. They were going to move toward the Jordan River. And, and God's promise to Joshua was that on that very day, the people of Israel were going to fully recognize him as the leader that he's been commissioned to be. He was commissioned by Moses. He was commissioned by God. But today, the people are going to really understand and realize, yeah, this is the man. He is the man. And they're, they're going to understand that because they're going to see the power of God working in such an awesome way. This is what happened to Moses, too. Certainly, they had problems. They, it was that place, again, on that far side of the Red Sea where God demonstrated, even in Moses' life. Remember, he came and, and he told the people, hey, you know, God's going to free us from here. And the understanding, who are you? Who sent you to come and get us? Moses says, the I am sent me. And remember, Moses, literally, he not only was proving himself to Pharaoh, he was proving himself to the people, too. Because even as they left Pharaoh, they got to the edge of the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army on one side, the Red Sea on the other. And they're saying, hey, why did you bring us out to here? Now we're going to die right here. And then God told Moses, stand. Moses tells the people, stand and see the salvation of our God. And God tells him to raise that rod up. And when Moses raised that rod up, what happened? The Red Sea opened up. Oh, gosh, the the liberal teachings that say, no, it wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea, and it was only that much water, and it was easy for them to cross. And so, okay, so the miracle is, is how did all the chariots get drowned in that much water? Um, You know, so whatever way you go. No, I believe it was the Red Sea. I believe that God opened up literally a wall of water on both sides. The children of Israel went across, yes, on dry land. And once the children of Israel got across on dry land, the Lord brought those two walls of water together while the army of Egypt was right there in the middle and it utterly destroyed them. And it was at that point that again the people realized, wow, okay, we will follow Moses. Well, of course, until it got to a little bit different time. So even for Moses, the situation of again, the people looking and seeing that, yeah, he is the true leader. And now as Joshua commands the priest to go ahead to the water, once again, God is going to move through the obedience of the one man, Joshua, to exalt him, to lift him up. And again, through the obedience of that one man, the Lord is actually going to be able to use him to the fullest because he's willing to be put on the line. 
He's going to be willing to tell the priest, we'll read it, that priest, you need to go out there and you need to take a step into that Jordan River, flooding over on its banks. He's putting himself on the line. He's putting his reputation, he's putting his leadership, everything. Another true confession. Remember, love covers a multitude of sins, okay? Uh, as the pastor, I've led in some wrong things through the years. I'm not going to enumerate because some of you don't know it, so why mess you up? Uh, but there's been times that I've made mistakes. But you know what? If you're not doing anything, you don't make mistakes. But if you're moving forward and you're wanting to move in the Lord, there's going to be times that you're going to choose wrong. There's going to be times that you, if you're honestly seeking the Lord in your life, if you're honestly seeking his direction in your life, and there's no known rebellion or gross sin in your life, and you want to do the things of God, and you feel impressed that this is the way that God would have me to do, suddenly you step, and you step over here, and all of a sudden, no, that wasn't, that wasn't. You know what I found out about God, what I've seen in his word, and what I've experienced in my own life? If you do it with an honest integrity of desiring to follow the Lord, God doesn't reach down and smack you. God reaches down, lifts you back up, and says, no, you missed that one. It's over here is where you need to be. You see, the graciousness and the long-suffering and the mercy of God is demonstrated when the children of God desire to serve him, desire to follow him, desire to be obedient. And you know what? Sometimes we mess. Joshua here is putting everything on the line. And the Lord says, you know what? You do this. You're obedient to this. And I'll exalt you among the people. And they'll see really who you are. So as the priests make their way to the river banks, they're they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Joshua once again speaks to the people. Verse 9. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore... Take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters that come down from upstream, and they that stand shall stand as a heap. In other words, what he's saying is, There's a great miracle that's about to happen. And when that miracle takes place, I'm going to tell you what that miracle is. And when that miracle takes place, then you're going to understand. Hopefully that's going to be the the booster of your faith. That you'll be able to see this. And I'm going to tell you, if he does that, then he can come against all these, the Gergesites, the Hittites, the Amorites, all the Parasites, all all of them. He'll come against all of them for you. And this is your assurance that he'll do that because he's going to part these waters right here. And it's so amazing at this point in time. What Joshua is telling them is he is the one true almighty God. He's not simply a God among other gods. He is the God of all man's gods. 
He's the God above all kingdoms, all people groups. He is above the politics. He's above the relativisms of, of any day. He's able to fight our fight against the foe. And beloved, he is the winner. Not that he is able to win. No, he is the winner against every fight that you and I have in our lives. The only reason that we don't believe that is because we don't recognize the greatness and the might and the majesty of who he is. And when we start working in our brains and allowing our spirits to understand the greatness and the majesty and the might of Almighty God, then, beloved, then we can start believing him. We can start believing him. We can start believing him in areas of our lives that, man, it's still a struggle here. It's still a struggle there. Trust God. Believe God that he's going to do what he promised he would do. Joshua declares, once you see this, you'll recognize how great God is. God gave testimony of his greatness by drying out that river in order that the people might be able to get to the other side. Verse 14, so it was when the people set out from camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of harvest. It says, when their feet dipped into those banks, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still, and they rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that's beside Zaratan. And so the waters that went down into the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, or the Dead Sea as we know it today, they failed, they were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite of Jordan. We're talking about the Jordan River in flood stage. We don't hardly see that anymore because, again, due to irrigation dams and channeling of the river, you know, for agricultural purposes, you really don't see the Jordan River as it was in those days. But at that time, the river ran free and during certain times of the year, particularly at the time of harvest, because of the rains up in the northern area, in the mountains of northern Galilee, it would overflow its banks. Why did God choose that time and not the summer when the Jordan River would have come down to a much... Wouldn't that have been easier? In our mind, it would have been easier. But in God's mind, it doesn't matter. You realize he's the same God that split open the Red Sea. So what if the Jordan River is over its banks? That ain't nothing to God. Bad English, but good theology, okay? It was nothing to him, whether it's the summer with a trickle or the flooding season where it went over its banks. For God, it's, hey, let's do this thing because he is more than able to do what he's promised. The passage tells us that the waters which came from upstream stood still, rose in a heap very far away at Adam. The location of Adam isn't really fully known. There is a place about 16 miles north of that area where they were that's called, that's a tell, it's tell Ed Demehu, El Demehu. They, they think that that might be the place. But how did they stand still and rise up in a heap? 
Most of us have heard the story of the walls of Jericho falling down. We remember this story from Sunday School. This is just one of many events David will be bringing fresh insights to as we study the book of Joshua together. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the Teachings page. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the Teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you.